morning, it's November 3rd, and this is To My Liberal Friends. Well, we're now down to five days before the election, and both sides are putting their final pushes together, trying to gather enough votes to win. And if you look at the electorate at large, you see this, some of the things have reversed in recent years. Blue-collar workers traditionally voted Democratic, but seem to be shifting somewhat. Whether you like or dislike Donald Trump, he was able to connect with workers, and they helped elect him president. While he was president, they saw manufacturing jobs and wages increase. He put American First slogans, resonate, and it resonated with them. This is a group that are traditionally patriotic. They're the ones you see flying American flags in their trucks. It's a key voting bloc that seems to have been taken for granted by Democrats, and they now are losing some of them. Next, you have to look at the Hispanic vote, another voting group that gets larger each and every election. They've been another group that voted Democratic, but now seem to be gravitating to the Republican side of the ledger in large numbers. Those that have been here for a long time view immigration as a problem. Democrats thought the border issue would be a winner for them with Hispanic voters, but they're finally starting to realize that's not the case. In many cases, these Ill illegal immigrants end up competing with them for jobs. Another voting bloc that seems to swing are suburban women. Democrats thought they had the silver bullet with the court's decision on abortion. It's an important issue to these women, but there's another issue that's more important to them, their children. In the last election, suburban women voted against Trump more than they did for Biden. They did not like him, and that's understandable. But then along came the pandemic, and the left demanded that schools be closed. Suddenly, these children were having to go to school remotely, and that meant a lot of mothers got to see what was being taught. And they didn't like it one bit. Glenn Youngkin realized this, and it carried him to victory in the Virginia gubernatorial race last year. Terry McAuliffe, the presumed favorite, never got it, and he lost. The polls show this group moving back towards Republicans. Democrats don't seem to understand that sex and gender issues are not winning ones with parents. There's no doubt that our electorate is becoming more polarized each year. While this is a generalization, I would say it's become urban cities versus rural areas. That is why when you look at a map with districts colored red or blue, you see a mass of red. These are less populated areas. They want less government. The problem facing Democrats is that their districts are overwhelmingly Democratic in urban areas, and so their elected officials breeze the victory. In statewide races, these heavily populated urban areas on occasion can cancel out the smaller voting margins in the rural and suburban districts, but in house races, it keeps things very competitive. A small shift in these voting blocks can turn the race upside down. The last voting block that Democrats can rely upon is the African-American vote. It still comes in at near 90% plus. This harkens us back to Joe Biden's comment, quote, if you don't vote for me, you ain't black, end quote. Now, I'm not trying to put myself in the shoes of a black man, but I would find that insulting, his assumption that all black people have to think alike. What would happen if a Republican candidate something something like, if you don't vote for me, you ain't white? The outcry of racism, racism would be resounding, and as it should be. But somehow Democrats assume all black voters think alike and therefore must do as they are told and vote for Democrats. As I mentioned yesterday, Biden went to, to Union Station in Washington, D.C. and made an overtly political speech. It was mean-spirited and meant to divide the nation. Remember when he said he wanted to unify us? He's done anything but that. He looked like the angry old man that we see around, not sure why nobody's listening to him, and so reverts to name-calling. It is beneath the dignity of the Oval Office. He stooped down to the mud level of Donald Trump. It's a sad commentary in a political scenario. If his rambling speech, he denounced Republicans, attacked his predecessor, 
Donald Trump and basically had a hissy fit if people would not do what he told them to do. Now facing poll numbers that indicate that Democrats are in for another slacking that will cost them the majority in the House of Representatives and possibly the majority in the Senate. Biden is slowly realizing that his presidency will be dead in the water. He comes on TV and becomes the angry old man who just can understand why everyone's not listening and doing what he says. His memory lapses notwithstanding, he seems devoid of ideas on how to solve the problems. His solutions all involve throwing more government money at people, hoping that will engender support for him and his fellow Democrats. But even the most ardent Democrats are starting to realize this doesn't work in the long term and something has to be done. If Biden had gone on TV and laid out a plan on how to reduce inflation, cut gas prices, secure the border, and reduce crime, he might have made people think they should support him. But he ignored all these problems and only tried to scare us by demonizing the opposition. Sorry, Joe, it's not working. In fact, it's probably galvanizing people to vote against your party. It's been to my liberal friends. Thanks for listening.